Welcome, guys. This is the None of Your Business podcast, and you know this one. This one's a real big honor. Uh, Jim Wendler. I've been following him for about six to seven years now. Uh, I got into the 531 program, uh, the very first program that I actually took serious in the gym, and it helped me transform my life. And today was a huge honor of getting to meet him, even though it was over a Zoom call, um, and talking with him for over an hour. Um, Unfortunately, I told my boss that day that I would cover a shift, so I had to end the conversation that me and Jim were having, but this is a true honor. Um, Jim, he talks about you know, giving back to the community, being fully self-supporting, and just doing the next right thing and trying to better your community. Um, Jim is a family man. Uh, him and his wife have a great team, and their family is doing amazing things in London, Ohio, and for me personally, nationwide. Um, you know, I when I came across Jim's program... Uh, it was shortly after I got uh, clean and sober for the first time, um, you know, living a life of destru- destruction and uh, that incomprehensible demoralization. And, you know, having the principles of 531 imprinted into my life, um, it, you know, it, ch- it changed my life. So, Jim and the Wendler team and family, thank you and I appreciate your time and I hope you guys get as much value as this as I do. Thank you. Okay. Hello? Can you hear me? All right. How, yeah, I can hear you a little better. All right. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. That's super weird. Sorry about that. No, it's all right. It's what happens with the... Uh... Right. Yeah, I just did it on my phone instead. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with my laptop. Uh, so, I appreciate you taking the time. and, and Yes, doing sir. Uh, yeah. You know, definitely an honor to uh, have you here. Uh, you know, so who are you and what do you do? <laughs> you just... <laughs> Giving me a big open-ending question. Uh, my name is Jim Wendler. Uh, who am I? Uh, I guess I'm a man of my actions. So uh, I have uh, spent the majority of my life uh, kind of dedicated to training. And uh, as I've gotten older, I think uh, we have uh, – dedicated because training in sports is a massively selfish pursuit that I think uh, I'm starting to understand to give back a little bit more uh, of myself. So I, it, <clears throat> you know, it is as shallow as it might say, but that's kind of my purpose uh, besides being a father and a husband is to spread the good word. You know, Dr. Ken Leisner just passed away and he was one of the few guys that were holding the torch. Um, and I got to spend uh, some time talking to him over the years. And so uh, after his passing, you feel like I have to keep that uh, spirit alive of training. So uh, 
but I, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I don't have some great sense of immortality. Like I don't, I'm not sure, uh, I care, uh, how I'm remembered when I'm gone other than to my, my wife and my kids and stuff like that. And my, you know, uh, my friends, uh, but you know, this, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not curing cancer. I'm not uh, saving the world from AIDS or anything like that. So this is my little contribution to society. So I like that. Plus, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's what I know. It's one of the few things I know very well. Uh, you know, I'm not a good cook. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. So that's kind of, I guess, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's a thing that says, uh, I think the meaning of life is, uh, knowing your purpose and then sharing your purpose, something like that. So there you go. I like that. So you, uh, you're the author of five, three, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I should have so, probably said that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when did you create that program? When did you start writing the book? Uh, I think the, the program is probably 2007 was when okay. uh, it wasn't published really until the, the first book until 2009. Uh, it had appeared in other forms, like when I was kind of working on it much, uh, maybe a year earlier or so. I don't know. I'd have to, I would have no way of knowing when it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it took about a year, two years, probably two years. Um, yeah, over over two years to get uh, all the little shit worked out. And okay. uh, yeah, it wasn't one of those things where you just draw it up and it's perfect that it is. It took a shitload of experimenting on myself and a bunch of my friends. Uh, and, you know, I had, I wish I would have kept them. I had like the original uh, notes and spreadsheets that I had. And uh, they've gone, who knows where they are now. But uh yeah, it took a little bit of time. I mean, two years is really not that long. Like, uh, we've had, uh, you know, it's taken me a little longer to do some different uh, variations within the program that have taken longer than two years. So, you know, in a, I've been training since I've been, what, 13? So that's uh, 31 years. So two years is, you know, yeah. a minuscule amount of time. I, I, I didn't – it's funny because uh, – I, I think it takes about 20 years to really kind of hit your stride within a normal feeling. Okay. And I think there's, you know, once you start getting a 25, 30 range, then things really start opening them up. And I know it's probably frustrating for people, you know, who want to, I've been doing this for six years. I know everything. And then I think about when I was doing it, because I've heard that before, I've been doing this for five years. I'm like, well, <clears throat> when I was doing it for five years, I was 18 and I wouldn't trust it fucking thing i said when i was 18 <laughs> so yeah uh, but anyway yeah I, it's, it took me a little bit of time but i had all those years prior of training <clears throat> and coaching and stuff that i that people i uh helped me out so i had all that to draw upon and uh so yeah i'm very it was uh it was <clears throat> again it was done selfishly because i wanted to do something uh for myself that i could have a very black and white way of going through things and then over the years, you start, uh, you know, molding and twisting and stuff as long as it stays within the principles of the things I wrote. Because that was the first part of the book was the principles. It wasn't the sets and reps that people get, you know, uh, because we've done the five through one program with sets of 10 and sets of eight and sets of 20 and sets of 15. 
uh, you know, working with people. So it has nothing to do with the sets and reps. It just happened to be a great name for a program. Uh, it had to do with the principles. And it, I've said that, you know, since day one, and I just, and more people would understand that the, I think the better off they'd be. So. I agree. You know, I, I first started getting into lifting uh, about when I was 19. So about six, seven years ago. Okay. Uh, and, you know, in that, there was like six months that like, I was just going in the gym, uh, trying to like, you know, write it down in a notebook. And he was basically as a mentor to me, he was doing your program and he suggested I read your book. And okay. then I downloaded one of the 531 apps um, on my phone. And I got into it in like the simplicity of like, for me, somebody who's didn't really work out. Uh, you need and, to be pushed in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah. And said, exactly. do this, do this. That's why I did it because I wanted that same kind of simplicity and clarity instead of just like, ah, you know, today I feel good. Well, fuck it. Some days you got to push a little, you know, I wanted to have a plan every single day. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, it's <clears throat> a good plan today is better than a great plan tomorrow. Exactly. And uh, you know, for all, cause you know, no program's perfect. That's the one thing I always kind of laugh about. It's like, well, it doesn't have this. I'm like, well, you know, your program doesn't have this asshole. So what do you want? <laughs> like, it's just the way it goes, man. You know, you, nothing, this uh, utopia that people think seems to exist in training just doesn't work. I mean, you're going to have to sacrifice a few things and, uh, but, it, uh, you know, coming from when I started working with more and more people, you start seeing, well, this is how we can kind of incorporate some different stuff. So uh, that's been a huge thing uh, has been just the, uh, the training of different uh, populations, I guess is the best way to say it. So, to, you know, from younger to older. So and I should probably say from beginner to advanced. There you go. Yeah. That's a little, little better. Uh, yeah. And it just, you know, having the book and then having the app, it made it real simple. Instead of carrying around a notebook, you could have it on my phone. Yeah. And just do what the app tells me. I, you know, I keep track and it just, um, through that same concept throughout my years, you know, I've experimented in different ways of training program and I've adapted, you know, other people's programs, but I still, when it comes down to it, I like the same principles of the 531. Uh, you know, I sometimes do more aesthetics and strength training and I, I yeah. really, you know, I really like the program and I, you know, I'm honored that, you know, when you said that you'd have an interview with me, I was like, oh, sweet. Like this is, you know, your program was really started off my lifting career. And well, I, I'm glad you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate I like the kind it. words. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, so besides training, uh, what do you do in your free time? What are your hobbies? Uh, what are my hobbies? Uh, well, there's the biggest one is uh, music. Uh, I, pl I play in a band, and I use that term loosely. It's just me and another guy. Uh, but with the age of modern technology, we can uh, uh, we record everything live. So it's just the guitar and drums, and then we go and add in the bass and the vocals and the other guitar layers and stuff later. Uh, so that's probably my biggest thing. Uh, I've been involved in music since I've been, I can tell you the day I first heard heavy metal and it completely changed my life. It was one of those things. I always like to joke about people. It's like when you're, uh, 
six-year-old and you see a pair of tits and you're like, uh, I don't know what those are, but I fucking want them. Uh, that's my, I remember hearing, uh, heavy metal for the first time. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but everything else sucks besides that. And, uh, so at a very early age, uh, that was in third grade when I first heard like blue oyster cult. So that's more like a rock, uh, thing, but blue oyster cult was my first band. And then in fifth grade, I got introduced to Slayer and Celtic Frost and Venom, uh, obviously Metallica and all those bands. So I don't know how old you are in fifth grade, uh, fifth and sixth grade, you know, maybe 10, 11, 12, something in there. And uh, so like I got hit with all the, you know, the underground, not underground, but you know, the, the early dark angel was huge. All these bands. I just, uh, so I just been sucked into the vortex and since I've been a, a kid and then I played in a band for a little bit in high school not the band, a band, you know, I played drums in a, just a sloppy fucking high school band, you know, just whatever. And yeah, it was my, my parents' basement. Cause I was a drummer. That's you always practice where the drummer is because you got all this shit to move. So, you know, besides all the sports and shit like that, I, we did that. I don't know. I don't, I couldn't tell you all the specifics of how much we practiced because it was so long ago. Um, anyway, so uh, to make a long story short, I learned how to, I'm sorry. That was my phone coming in. Oh, Uh, no worries. (laughs) No. Uh, so anyway, uh, to make a long story short, that's something I've always been involved in. I still have a huge collection. Uh, I still play, you know, a reasonable amount for someone who doesn't make any money. Oh, there you go. Sorry. That was my phone yep. coming in. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, to make a long story short, that's probably my biggest thing other than just, uh, you know, being a, a coach and being a parent and being a husband. Um, and the other thing, I love reading, but you know, that's just kind of normal shit. I, I'm not a terribly complicated person. Um, my wife and I just kind of, we live under the radar because we like to we like to relax a little bit. I'm not here to. Um, I don't know. I, I I can't. I'm not good enough to be uh, pursuing different things. Like you know, I'm a rock climber now. It's like, dude, I fucking I barely am good at sports and strength training and figuring this shit out. I I can't I can't afford brain cells to be doing a lot of other stuff. Uh, and uh, I just <clears throat> maybe it's my OCD in this. I don't know. So, but yeah, I would say music reading and just, uh, I don't know, I'm starting to shoot guns a lot with my friend, Jason Pegg. That's been fun. So yeah, I just like to have out, you know, as long as I don't have to be around a lot of people, I'm pretty happy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> the less, less people I have to be around, uh, the better, uh, things are. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Like, I hate don't traffic. Uh, yeah. I hate traffic. I hate being in crowds i'd just rather be with by myself or with my friends and the family yeah. in an isolated area so a small circle maybe i should build like a compound or something and be some of those fucking crazy uh militianists uh, the malicious <laughs> 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 all right sorry all right go ahead i'm sorry no, no no you're fine no go you know it's uh you know i'm here and the world is here to learn about you so yeah there's not i'm not uh there's not a lot to learn <laughs> i mean i, I uh, the the one thing I, I uh, 
you know, I tell everyone, especially if you're going to get married and uh, you got to, we always laugh because you have to be, have to marry someone that's willing to give you an alibi after you murder someone. Like that's the closeness you have to like, you, I'd be willing to go to jail for my wife any fucking day. Uh, and she, but you know, she's, I know she'd fucking cover my ass. And uh, so, uh, and there's a trust and respect there and a, and I still uh, in lust with my wife and in love with my wife. And uh, she's sitting right here. I'm, I'm going to get laid tonight. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, we, we kind of figured out a, a nice formula that works for us. But the, the basic idea is you know, we, we, <clears throat> we eliminate the big stressors in our life. And that is financial stress. And instead of, Obviously, you need to make money, but we just spend less money, which mm-hmm. seems to work. My dad always says, it's not what you make, it's what you spend. He told me that from since I uh, was in high school. And uh, the other thing is, is uh, you know, we always, always date each other. So you don't want to just fall into that, we're just friends category. Or, um, and I'm not saying there's not some mundane days and shit going on, but um, yeah. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I could talk, I mean, give it like my wife just started volunteering at, cause I coach at the local high school here Oh, cool! in London, Ohio. That's my uh, big thing. Uh, so <clears throat> I work with the football team and over the last three years, we just completely started decimating people on the field. It's been uh, a massive turnaround. Um, we went from a three win season to next year winning nine games then we went 11 or 12 the next year now we're going to the playoffs every year we lead the one of the leaders in the state in rushing we rush for 470 yards a game uh just a bulldozing team so that's my that's what i spend uh besides i mean i guess that's technically part of my job even though i don't get paid uh that's just kind of something i love to do but my wife started volunteering because due to the recent success of the football team, are, we're physically better than most teams. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and it's not just – we don't have necessarily better athletes. We just – our average guys are bigger and stronger than everyone else's average guys. And uh, so we have a massive year-long training program that our kids go through on the football team. We each train 51 weeks out of the year. Oh, wow. And, uh Yeah. It's a coordinated effort. It, even the kids who play multiple sports are part of the off-season training program. So it's, it's, you know, we're in a very small town here. There's like 10,000 people. It's you know, a huge farm town in Ohio. Not huge, I mean, large, expansive. Uh, not a lot of people. So because of the success of that, uh, we've had kids from the junior high coming over because they want to be part of the, the training process. Uh, but when you have that, now you have all these different levels of physical ability. And when you have 50 kids, varsity kids, and now 15 kids on the junior high, for example, there's only one of me. And there's, I, <clears throat> I have to pay attention to 65 kids now, or whatever it is. And, uh, with, and there's, there's different levels, different varying levels of ability, and I just can't, couldn't do it. Uh, because you had one kid who can't squat, literally can't do a bodyweight squat, and then one kid who can you know, deadlift 500 for eight. That's the discrepancy in, in kids. Uh, so anyway, to make a long story short, my wife's decided to 
start helping out and it just started recently. Uh, so we're trying to build a comprehensive training and fitness program, uh, physical culture, uh, for our schools here, for our athletes. So they have somewhere to go from point A to point B to point C to point D instead of just doing whatever the fuck they want. Now, when our kids get out of junior high, they are ready to, to start training uh, with how, how we train. There's a London football way of training. There's no doubt about it. Uh, there's expectations. There is a strength and conditioning and mental level that we expect out of our kids. And so we started doing this as a community, and it's awesome. So we're uh, trying to do that and give back. Uh, but it's one of the few we're trying to create a comprehensive unified training program in our uh, middle school all the way to our high school. And, uh, it's been good. The response has been awesome. So, and plus the effects have been awesome. Uh, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how physically we can just kick the shit out of everyone, which I'm a huge fan of. I don't even care about winning or losing. I just want to fucking bury, bury souls. <laughs> I'm getting all pumped up now because I just want to, you know, that's the only thing that's important to me is fucking, you know, wearing the opponent on my uh, blood on my body. So, oh, yeah. so how long have you been doing that for? Uh, shit. Four, three or four years now. Okay. How did you three get into years? that? Uh, well, it was, uh, I had just finished writing the five through one forever book, which is the latest book. And uh, I went to go do a, uh, a, a talk with Dave Tate. It was one of the things that we filmed. This was probably three or four years ago. I don't remember. And so I had just got done writing the book, but it hadn't been out yet. And my wife was pretty much sick of me because I, when I start doing a project, I'm a total fucking asshole. And I'm just unbearable to be with. I'm kind of, my wife is very patient. I'm unbearable as it is. But then you start putting in a stressful situation, which my brain starts churning, uh, then I just become a fucking dick. So she kind of wanted me out of the house, let's just be honest. And uh, so I went to go talk to Dave and Matt Goodwin, who works at Elite FTS, he's their sales manager, I guess would be his title. His son uh, was in junior high at the time. And Matt Goodwin said, hey, we need some help at the high school. Would you be willing to help? And I was like, yeah, you know, give me uh, the head coach's number. I'll call. And I'm like, you know, it'd be kind of cool. And then <clears throat> I started thinking, uh, selfishly, I was like, ah, fuck that. I you know, I'd just basically write a book and then I just hang out for the rest of the year, right? It's nice. I don't have to do a terrible, you know, that's oversimplifying it. But I'm like, ah, you know, that might like my free time. And then I started thinking that it, it seems like an asshole thing to do to, um, to not – uh, give back to the community in some way. I think that's super important. I think the government uh, fails us in every fucking way. And the best way to do that is with action through the local community. So instead of, you know, wanting to, waiting for the administration to hire a strength coach, I'll just fucking volunteer. We'll take care of that. Instead of waiting for <clears throat> the state to give us funds, we're just going to go fucking raise them instead of um, whatever. There's a million ways you could look at that. It's same thing with schooling. We look at our schooling as a, as a government uh, failed, you know, it's, it's failed. And so we work within the system to homeschool and partially go to take our kid to school. So okay. uh, because our kid, our family is our responsibility, no matter what the fuck anyone says. It is not the state's, go you know, the government's responsibility in one, and it's not my neighbor's responsibility. And then 
because we're very lucky to have a job in which gives me a, a flexible time, I said, well, now it's my chance to do something uh, for my, you know, for my, my area. I love, I love living here. And uh, I thought it would be a total hypocritical move uh, to expect others to do shit. And I'm not doing anything for my uh, area. So I volunteered. And, uh, you know, when we first started doing this, I mean, we had really no traction. Um, we had uh, very, you know, our first year, uh, I wasn't in charge of the training the first, when I first got there, I just helped out on the football field. So, uh, but pretty soon after I started doing the training, but this was during the season. So you can't really do a shit ton of stuff during the season. The kids were tired and whatever. Right. Uh, so I just, uh, started working with the JV with the kids that don't play a lot. And I started, we started the very bare bones level. This is a long story, but to make a long story short, I started working with the younger kids first. So by the time the off season rolled around the, the, the young kids who'd literally started for six weeks of nothing but uh, dumbbell squats and push-ups. That's all we did for six weeks. Every fucking time we trained, we, I built them up into what we were doing as a program, the Cryptea program, the five through one Cryptea program. So when I got the uh, off season with the varsity, we had a hundred percent turnout one week after the season, after a three win season, kids completely bought in. Uh, so, uh, after one year of the off season, we went from winning three games and getting our ass kicked to, uh, basically steamrolling everyone. And then the, the next year, uh, we graduated a shitload of seniors. So we were like, you know, this is going to be a tough year. We win. <clears throat> we were 11 and one, I think. Or 11 okay. and two. Wow. So, yeah, I just, the, the, the big thing was one, uh, I think my wife wanted to be out of the house. Number two, I think you got to give back. And I think uh, one of my rules in life is never, and this goes for you, me, any politician, any boss, anything. If you are not willing to do what you're asking others to do, then you're a fucking, you're a, you're a total and absolute fraud. So if I see a politician saying I want a 70% tax rate and they're not personally throwing in 70% right now, then I will never believe anything they say. If they want to eliminate cars, but use any kind of motorized vehicle, then you're a fucking fraud uh, because you're, you have to lead the way through action. And if you're not willing to do what you're asking others to do, then you are, <clears throat> that's why uh, politicians lose wars. It's just the way it goes because they're not in the thick of the battle. They don't, <clears throat> they've never felt, uh, never been asked to sacrifice something or do something. So there you go. I like that. You're, I can definitely agree yeah. with you and relate with you on that. I don't so, like people in my life that are fake, fucking front, yeah. whatever. That's, yeah. We're, we're very careful about who we let in. And, uh, and it's not, uh, I think we maybe get labeled antisocial, but I'm very social with my friends and my family. I just, uh, and that doesn't mean I'm a dick to people. I just, you know, uh, the way the social media works, um, and this doesn't have anything. Uh, I just think you get caught in the wrong situation and, or someone says something or someone takes a picture and puts it up and it makes you look like an asshole. And I'm, I don't trust, I trust my friends. They'll never going to do anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and I just, to me, I got too much to lose. You know, I'm not saying I'm uh, a celebrity, but I have a business and I'm not, you know, I, I want to make sure that the, 
the parents of the kids I work with, I, I don't tone everything down, I say, but uh, I'm certainly not going to go take a video of me shitting on someone's yard. You know, yeah. I may, I may do it, but I'm not going to video it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in your business or in your personal life, do you have any struggles that you want to share? How you overcame those? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you got struck. I don't know how else you could do it other than just uh, the one thing I tell my oldest son is, and I tell the kids at school is it may not be your fault, but it's your responsibility. Uh, and I, it dries. I can't stand people who complain um, about stuff. So, and I'm not talking about like racism is bad. Like you can complain about it, but, you know, uh, I'm out of shape. Like, Jesus Christ, just shut up and do something about it. I just don't, it just drives me bananas. Um, or, I, you know, I don't, I'll never forget when I, uh, you know, I got taxed for the first time. And I complained to my, you know, I was like the first time the book came out and stuff like that. I was like, dad, I paid like 40% in fucking income tax. It's like, well, just make more money. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, seems easy to me. So, uh, that's kind of how, that's how I've been brought up my entire life. Well, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. You know? Uh, so, um, I think that's probably the biggest thing is, is understanding that it's, you know, shit's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it just, here's like a very funny, not funny. We came home from vacation, which we were very lucky to come and we end up having a gas leak, a pipe burst and our water heater break down all in the same day. Oh, and, uh, it's not like I didn't get cancer. You know, yeah. uh, we didn't lose a child, but it's like, fuck me. Come on, man. Like <laughs> all in the same fucking day. So we got all these people out here and, uh, you know, you just realize, and then, then <clears throat> that just shit happens, man. And I, we try to control the things we can control. We can control our spending. We can control our attitudes every day we, we wake up. We can control the food that we put in our mouth. We can control the, how we spend our time, um, you know, within reason. Um, so you just take, you control that and just the rest of the shit, you just have to understand you're going to get shit on a little bit and going to get punched and it's just the way it goes. So, but the most important thing is to control what you can't control because, uh, people get out of, you know, when, when life gets crazy, they get even crazier. And it's like, that's when you got to buckle down on the stuff that you can control. So there you go. I don't know if that's really exactly everything that we do, but that's part of it. Yeah. So to like, for you to like buckle down and control, like, do you have like habits, like morning habits that you do for that success? Hey, you wake up, you fucking eat breakfast, you go to take your walk for the morning, you know, do it. And then you sit down and do your work. Uh, you try to, I try to read, write and train every single day. Um, I don't know if I really have a schedule, uh, like, you know, I, to nine, 10, I'm out the door. Like, uh, yeah. who did that? That was uh, Benjamin Franklin did that. He was very, uh, I, I don't really need to do that. Uh, as long as I get my shit done, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Um, so, uh, but <clears throat> a lot of it's just, uh, like just don't spend your fucking money. Like I, I don't, I don't, when, so when we had all that shit come down on us, we didn't stress out that we couldn't afford it because we, uh, like we're going to own our home in I think a year, two years we're going to have, and we own our vehicles. We don't pay. So we don't have any, we just don't want any bills and we could live in a much nicer house. Trust me, this house is not, 
I'm not living in the lap of luxury at all, but eh, gives a shit, you know? Right. Uh, so I guess you that's, I, you got what you need. Yeah. I, I got a, I have drums and a bass guitar and a bunch of amps downstairs and a guitar and a recording thing. And I got a weight room in my garage. That's fucking perfect. Eh, what do I, what do I have to leave for? <laughs> so. so you have your own gym on your own property? Yeah. 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 Okay. So do you only train at your house? I've only trained there for the past nine years. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I never, I don't know if I've ever trained anywhere else uh, in those nine years. Maybe, maybe I went to a commercial gym and did some presses or something yeah. with uh, a machine and, you know, fuck around. I think I've done that maybe a couple times, but for the most part, I'd say 99, like it would qualify as a hundred percent by a mathematician. Yeah, I just I have my uh, my setup. I have exactly what I want. Uh, it's fucking awesome, you know. Uh, so I I have no I don't <clears throat> and I don't I my training now. I mean I'm still stronger than the average dude, right? I'm not gonna set any world records anytime soon. Uh, but my training is my time, so I train alone. Uh, I don't you know occasionally if, if my friend comes over, we'll train together. But for the most part, it's just me my wife trains alone because that's our time. That's mm -hmm. the time that I love doing something that, you know, keeps me free. Uh, keeps my, uh, you know, keeps me a little tough, right? You know, I do some stupid shit, you know, especially if you don't have a spotter, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta tough shit out a little bit, yeah. which is fine with me. I don't care. I, you know, people have asked me about that. I'm like, eh. uh, if that's my own fault, if I get fucked up, but anyway, to make a long story short, uh, yeah, I got, uh, and I have sleds and, and prowlers and stuff we take out. And we have a half-mile uh, circle around where I live. So when we push the prowler to the sled, we just push it for a half-mile. And okay. so it works out good. Yeah. And I have a kick-ass uh, three-mile uh, route with a weight vest that I take. Uh, so I got everything worked out. You know, it's not perfect, but whatever. You push the prowler, do some squats, you'll be all right. It fucking works for you. <laughs> yeah. I hate, like... The gym that I go to in my hometown, it fucking like sometimes there's like fifteen hundred people in there at once. Oh boy, I can't yeah. even stand two people in the weight room at once. Yeah, well, yeah, that'd be difficult. Like yoga and blah blah, blah uh, bunch of other shit going on. Like the fucking what, parking what, lot. What was the last thing? What's that? You said yoga and what? Like yoga and Zumba and all that shit. Oh Zumba, okay, that's like the dance thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so okay. they got, like, multiple things going on. And, like, the my gym that I go to, it used to be an old grocery store. So the parking lot's fucking huge. And yeah. you, like, got to park, like, three blocks away to fucking <laughs> get a parking spot. And, like, just, like, if it wasn't so close to my house, I'd fucking switch. Yeah. But it just, I, like, I go in there, headphones on, fucking throw in some five-finger death punch and just fucking train. And I hate when people come up and try and talk to me. Like, yeah, I'm fucking here to lift. I'm not like I don't want to get a date. Fucking. Well, it depends on what she looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I there have been times that I have you know taken the headphones out to talk to her. That's for sure. <laughs> but for the most part, like I got plenty of friends. I'm not trying to fucking meet you. Like, if uh, you want to tell me how to squat, go fuck yourself. Um, yeah, I have uh, people in my life that I trust to correct me on my form. So, like, fucking, 
whatever. Well, it's, uh, you know, uh, at some point you'll probably go <clears throat> training means more to me now than it ever has. It means physically probably less for me. Meaning when I played football, it, I needed it more. Uh, does that make sense? Like physic, like you don't want to go out in the field flabby and untrained. Yeah. Now, nowadays it doesn't really, like, it doesn't really affect me either way, how good a shape I am. I mean, there's no real consequences, I guess the best way to say it, but mentally it means more to me and sharing that space with other people. I just, I, I don't, uh, it just doesn't seem right for something that's given me so much. Uh, I want to, and I, you know, as when you get older and you have kids and you have a wife and you got job and you're doing this, like, I want to be alone. I want to have that my time. Same when I do some, uh, listen to music or play my guitar, it's just me. And it's just, you know, that's why riding a motorcycle is so awesome because you can only ride your motorcycle. You can't do anything else. <laughs> you have to be in the moment. And yeah. that's one of the great things about, uh, about doing that stuff. So, yeah. You'll come around, man. You'll save your ducats and get a get a power rack. Yeah, yeah. that that's uh, you know, eventually I would like to open up my own powerlifting gym in my town. That's eventually the goal, but like I don't want a gym with fifteen hundred people. I want like twenty people who are serious about it and like a place where I can lift and more of a hobby. Yeah, well, that's when you uh, you save your money. You don't do it to make money. You just, yeah. uh, you know, we had, uh, when I was in Kentucky, my greatest, uh, training environment was a one car garage between, it was three or four of us. That was it. So when some guy was squatting, everyone had to just wait until he was done squatting. And then the other guy squatted is tiny. Uh, and it was the most perfect setup in the world. It was, uh, we had three. Uh, the three original guys that lifted there, we had a fourth guy eventually, but I think all three of us uh, hit elite. We had a you know 19-year-old squat 900 pounds, oh, benched shit. 600. I squatted 920 out of there and benched – I don't know what I benched. I don't know. And uh, then we had a 198-er squats over 700. So, uh, yeah, it, it was – you know, so it doesn't take a lot. We had a power rack – uh, bench and maybe a reverse hyper glute ham race yeah and we just stuffed all that shit in there when you lift it you had to take a bunch of it out so but yeah it works man you just have to have the that is oh shit i never answer my door by the way i refuse to when the door <laughs> refuse it I'll sit because well, you can't really see, but the door is right behind me. So this okay. is where I work. So they can see right in the house if they want to. I just refuse to answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, if they fucking don't give you a heads up before, then fuck them. Well, I just uh, – the way I look at it is I pay my mortgage here. And if you're going around door-to-door -door sell stuff and you're not paying me, you know, you don't ah, pay your – gotcha. And I'm working. I got stuff to do. I'm not here to hear your sales pitch. So I just were fucking – and I, I, my youngest son will just go up and look in the, uh, the, the side light, you know, look at the dude, dad, let him be. <laughs> he just fucking uh, starts. So have you like throughout your years, have you competed in any competitions? Uh, the last one was probably 2000, 
2010, maybe 2009. I don't know. I'm done. I just have no, I have no desire to do the things that I would need to do to compete. I know okay. what it, uh, and I'm not willing to make those sacrifices anymore. Uh, in both training and eating and mentally and physically, any of that stuff. Uh, so it just doesn't interest me at all. Um, okay. I reached all my goals that I really wanted. That's, uh, so yeah, it's just hard to keep going when you don't, when you kind of did all what you, what you wanted to do. Yeah. And then when you, I understand what it takes. I don't think I can't just go to a meet and just have fun. I think that's, I understand some people can do it, but it's, I have to be, uh, completely zeroed in. And, uh, so it just doesn't interest me anymore. I mean, I'm not 100% of my interest is in helping the London uh, community get build a football team that's uh, long-lasting and for the ages. That's my goal. Cool. I don't care about any of that stuff anymore. So, uh, because I th- it just it's nice to get you know for all the years that I did all the Q and As. Like when I was at Elite FTS, uh, we counted up how many questions I answered a month, and for about. I don't know, maybe five years. It was maybe eleven to twelve hundred a month that we would I would answer. Uh, and so you know you're doing some good, right? You're helping people. And that's a shitload of questions for years. You know, hundreds and you know, well, thousands, hundreds of thousands I answered. And I feel like I was doing good work. And then you start working with, uh, you know, a fraction of that, right? Sixty kids, fifty kids, and it was only then did I realize that's how you make an impact. Is being there, not being on the internet. The internet just, it's a house of deck of cards at, at best. Okay. Uh, you want, you have to build real human relationships. You have to be there. You have to understand the people. Um, you have to <clears throat> have that kind of one-on-one communications. And uh, so it's like the first time in my life, I feel like, you know, I'm really doing some good. I really am. I'm not saying I didn't do good before and help people, but it's nothing even close, not even close. And, uh, so it's kind of like what you find your purpose is. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, you know, I, not everyone can do that. I mean, I, like, I'll give you an example is, uh, my mom fed the homeless for years. That was her thing. And, uh, cause she thought, you know, like she loved to cook and she was a good cook. So that's what she did. I couldn't, I don't give a fuck about the homeless and I'm not going to, I fucking hate cooking. So it's not my thing. Yeah. So you have to find something that you love and something you can, that you're good at that you can kind of help people at. And it sounds cruel, you know, like I don't give a fuck, but I just like, my heart wouldn't be into it. I'm like, yeah, it sucks, man. You know, what do you want me to do about it? But with the, I see this current state of fitness today with kids. I'm like, man, I can make a difference. I can help out. And then even, so we're doing that uh, on a micro level. And then obviously I love, the sport of football and I it's that's something that has uh it's the most it's the best sport in the world to me I you know and uh it has for everything that it's taken it's given uh twofold okay so do you I know you like you coach it do you like watch it do you have a favorite NFL team favorite college team? Uh, I watch I watch football I don't give a shit who's playing though I, I okay I uh my fandom starts and ends with my family, really. Okay. I don't give a shit about that. And I love my, my kids and stuff that I work with and, and London football. Um, 
But uh, it's like I tell our head coach. The head coach uh, has shown, you know, has been – it's hard to explain if you don't really understand this. But uh, for a head football coach to, to give all the power about the training to me and not butt his head in, you know, to have complete trust is uh, very rare. There's very few people that do that because it's their team and they want to feel uh-huh. like they have a voice and maybe they, so even whether or not their opinion is even relevant or educated, it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, you see it all the time in, in college uh, in every different sport. You know, the, the coach thinks, you know, curls, like I've seen football coaches just want the kids to do curls. Because uh, the Which, big arms, big arms would intimidate the. And this is the Division One Pac-12 school. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's fucked up. And so, um, so I, you know, I tell him I'm loyal to you first before I'm loyal to anything. Before I'm loyal to the school, um, or anything like that, because he's the one, not the school. It's the person. It's the human relationship that I'm. I am. Uh, loyal to so you know does that make sense to you yeah no it, it does so the human thing is much more important to me than the um the idea or the you know the flag or whatever you want to say for you know <clears throat> that's why even when i watch football i i like watching good football i, I enjoy watching certain players play and uh, but i'll never live in i just don't care enough about another team <laughs> Just, yeah, I got I got no say. I don't give a shit. Right. So. You're not going to have a shitty day because the Broncos lost. No, I've never in my entire life felt uh, any kind of sting ever, ever. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's not now when I, you know, your own personal life. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. You know, when you, it's never, it's not losing. That's hard. It's not winning the battle. You should have won. There's a difference. Um, I always tell the kids is uh, you see people always concerned with what I call the war and not the battle. The battle that you have every day is, well, what's our next set? We got to do a set of squats. Just fucking worry about that. You know, let's worry about this rep that you're doing. Don't worry about the war or at the end of the workout. Fuck it. Just get through. When you wake up in the morning, swing your feet out of bed, put your fucking feet on the ground. You won that battle, dude. You got to go hit the shower and get a cup of coffee. That's your next battle. So it's a little battles that you win. Stay the problem is, yeah, and, and, and worry about what you got to accomplish at the moment because you start adding those things up. They're small fucking steps, right? So in order to – I don't even talk about any of our games or anything like that. Or even during the week, I don't give a shit about any of the games. We're like, dude, what's the next drill? What's the next thing we have to do at practice? Because you add all that shit up, and all of a sudden, you start winning the war. So now in the game, I said, don't worry about the score. Just worry about the next play. Win that battle. If whatever you have to do, you know, to do your job on the play, just do it. And so if everyone does that correctly, miraculously, you start winning more games. Now, granted, sometimes it doesn't always work out in your favor, and I'm okay with that. We lost to the state champions last year. You got nothing. To, you know, they were just a better team. It's just the way it goes. I mean, fucking shit happens. Uh, so. <clears throat> the, the losses that sting aren't the losses that you maybe uh, were to a better team or anything like that. It's, it's when you don't give your greatest effort or when you know you could have won the battle better. Uh, okay. So 
There I like you go. that. Uh, so, you know, you said that in your free time you do a lot of reading. Like, do you have, like, the authors that you like? Uh, James Elroy is the greatest author to ever live. So, uh, yeah. There's no – that's not even up for a debate. So if someone says someone else, you're like, fucking loser. No. Just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's the best. I, I, well, I mostly read, like, mystery stuff stuff like that okay. stuff that uh like i don't i want i don't want to know how the uh book ends and okay. uh i don't i was an english major so i've read all the fucking bullshit and i just want to read for pleasure okay uh, it'd be kind of like uh when you're playing football for example when you train for football you got to do a lot of the shit and train that just sucks right a lot of stuff i didn't want to do but you have to do uh, now I do whatever the fuck I want and I okay. want to enjoy it. So when I was in college, I would read all these books. I didn't really give a fuck about. Yeah. Now I just read shit that I just don't care. I have no, uh, I don't pretend to be an intellectual with my, like, you know, I'm reading, uh, Proust now. It's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just fuck. I'll read, uh, some Jack Reacher novels. I'll be Okay. <laughs> I don't okay. need I don't need to be doing uh <clears throat> spend a you know week with one sentence to figure out what the fuck he's trying to say. Yeah. I just does doesn't doesn't interest me anymore. So Okay. I like that. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not it I, I I'm not smart enough to figure a lot of that stuff out. And I would have to have some help and I just don't care about it. So I'm happy okay. to be happy to be a simpleton in some ways. Yeah. But <laughs> reading is a great thing man yeah you know they always told me to stop lifting weights and writing and reading you know it would lead me to nowhere fucking assholes <laughs> <laughs> fuck them that's why you like I, <clears throat> i'm very cautious uh with the advice that i get and i've always been in my life because it's almost always wrong and okay. uh <clears throat> it's yeah because yeah, people always have a i i I'm not saying I should say when people seem to offer their advice, there's, it's almost always wrong because it's coming from a fucked up worldview. First of all, who the fuck gives advice that's not asked for? Uh, but I think if I, when I always followed my heart and my stomach a little bit, I've always been okay. Um, so I didn't know how I was going to get to where I am today. I just knew I could. And so, but if I listen to everyone, I'd just be in some fucking sales job and, you know, uh, being fat and miserable instead of living the life that I kind of really wanted to. Um, so granted it's taken a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You got to put in the work. You got to show up. Oh, uh, fucking people don't see all the shit behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I lived for years making less than $800 a month. That's not easy. Uh, so yeah, for four years, five years, it's fucking miserable, man. Yeah. Especially <laughs> depending on where you live. Like fucking sometimes rent is just 700. Yeah. That's when you start, uh, that's when you start turning tricks, you know, <laughs> <laughs> going down to the, uh, you know, being a lot lizard down at the, uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I know you said that you, you know, don't like taking advice. Uh, do you like have three pieces of advice that you like to give 
Well, see, you've, you, you, you asked for it. That's different when people just offer their advice. You're like, yeah. yeah. Uh, boy, I don't even know. <clears throat> I, I, I would, it's, you know, I don't know who's going to be watching this. You know, for married couples, I'd say that, how about this? Just live below your means is probably the number one thing. Uh, because when you're in debt in any way, shape, or form, uh, you're a slave to your job. You're a slave to your boss. You're a slave to money. And uh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm haven't been in debt before, but it's fucking shitty. Uh, that would be, you know, in in something a modern time. I think that's a huge thing. So if you can, you know, somehow live a little simpler, um, save your money, find a better job, or whatever you have to do, uh, because the worst thing is, is now you're just <clears throat> going to work to feed the, uh, the, the debt demon, so to speak, I guess that's a horrible yeah. fucking name. So, uh, and the other thing I would tell people is, uh, happiness is not easily earned. You know, people always say they want to be happy and they want to be content. It fucking sucks getting there, man. You have to make a lot of sacrifices. There's a lot of time spent, uh, being miserable, trying to get to certain places. Um, so that would be, uh, another piece of advice is, I don't know. I, I, I would assume most people want to be happy or they want to give the illusion that they want to be happy. Uh, my wife and I talk about this all the time, how much work it's taken us to be, con- I don't want to say we're content, but we're where we need to be right now and we're good with it. Um, and, you know, in this industry that, you know, the fitness or however, I think the best advice I'll give you is, something that Dave Chappelle said is, you know, you have to be upfront about how much of your still you're willing to give. And, uh, so, you know, what are you willing to do? Uh, how far are you willing to, to, uh, to take it to succeed? And I don't mean that like, you know, how many hours you work, it's, you know, are you willing to, to, you know, to, be a social media junkie and are you willing to let people in on your personal life all the time? You know, all this, are you willing to put your kids on Instagram all the time? Uh, are you willing to show cleavage as a way of getting likes and followers? Um, are you willing to put out a subpar product just to get money? And, you know, are you selling your, the names on your list to other people? Stuff like that. You know, I think it's important that you set some ground rules. Um, so, and I, you know, the other thing is people will smell a, a training, uh, phony, I think a mile away. Uh, so that's the other, you know, just make sure you're in this for the right reason, because it's, some people can make a fairly good living, but I'm not rich at all. I just don't spend any money. (laughs) That's yeah. Uh, so, and I, instead of having to whore myself out all the time. I just spend less money and just figure out how to, how to work with that. So my privacy in my life at home and what I do is way more important than anything I do on the internet. And so as long as I have find a way to, to help people and do what I can, uh, I'm okay. I don't need, I don't need to be immortal. Okay. I don't need, I don't need to be the toast of the town or anything like that. I just don't care. It's just not something I'm terribly, you know, 
I know. All I know is I'm fucking super excited that we're making a unified fucking training program in a goddamn school that no one else is doing. So we are doing good shit. Everyone else, you know, they can say what they want, man, but we're doing good work. So we're going to have a fucking army of a goddamn assassins out there. So, <laughs> you know, we're already getting transfers in from people. You know that. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Fucking London, Ohio. <laughs> you couldn't fuck even yeah. put it on a map. <laughs> Shit, so, that's cool. Yeah. I fucking like my hometown's like thirty thousand people, so I fuck. But he, here's the thing: this is what drives me fucking bananas. Is uh, I hear a lot from people like, "Hey, I wish we had a coach like you." Um, you know, and for the most part, people live in bigger cities, obviously, because that's where all the fucking people are. And you're telling me that in a school of three thousand people, which may have a community of a hundred thousand or more, there's not one or two people that could fucking help out. That's bullshit. Right. Bullshit. So you, you know, uh, so I, I just find it kind of strange to me. Um, and then there's, you know, our, our next door neighbor here was a music teacher and she does free shit all the time for the, uh, the community for her and their church and stuff like that for music. So, uh, you know, there's, <clears throat> someone just needs to be leading the charge in some way. And, uh, as soon as you give the power back to the community and keep it, keep it close, then uh, it becomes a, it just starts and I, it starts manifesting. It's like a, a good cancer. I see the parents doing shit that their kids are not even helping out with their stuff that their kids are not even involved in it here. So it's starting to grow. And that's what I, I'm excited about. So, I mean, I got no skin in the game. I don't have a kid in the school. So. You're just there to help. That's fucking. That's yeah. Awesome. So, but anyway, there you go. That's awesome. There you go. So what right else? On. Well, cool. Well, you know, I, I definitely appreciate you taking the time. You know, I was 19 when I first started lifting. I just got a treatment for drug addiction and like trying to like find a new yeah. habit, teen or something. And like <laughs> yeah. getting introduced to your program, like it, it kept me focused and it kept me going. And like, just I go in the gym, I have a plan, I go down. I do my workout and it's just from, you know, basically living in my car to, you know, trying to find something different. Your program yeah. helped me so much in that aspect. So I wanted to thank you for that. Well, you are uh, very welcome. I appreciate that. That's uh that's a fucking crazy story, man. And uh, dude, I get it. You know, there's a, uh, there's a lot of, people in and maybe not as drastic as you that kind of needed some guidance and I'm glad it gave it to them. You know, yeah. it gave me guidance and I, it was in a completely different way, obviously much less serious, but yeah. And, uh, you know how we talk about controlling what you can't control. <clears throat> That's something I can control. I know exactly what I'm fucking doing. There's no yeah. guesswork. I wear the same fucking thing every single day. I never even, uh, <laughs> I wear black t-shirt and, uh, either shorts or pants, black shoes, black socks, all the same. Everything's the same. And, uh, but I can, so I don't have to think about anything. When I go into training, I just, you know, I worry about my effort, not about what I'm doing. So I control it There you uh, go. because there's two, like I said, there's, the older you get and the more people you have in your life, the bigger your scope of, of your draw, the more fucking chaos there is. So, you know, I try to contain that a little bit. That's awesome. Um, 
before we go, uh, do you want to, uh, you know, is there like a website that people can go to or they go to Amazon, like buy your books or anything? Yeah. Uh, well, we're all over Amazon. Uh, that's been a huge thing. Our website, we have a blog, um, and we have a massive web, not massive. We have a very, very nice and operative web store, uh, with tons of gear. Uh, we update it frequently. Uh, we have all new designs coming out basically every season. All the books are on there. Um, and what's the website called? That's, that's jimwindler.com. So just my name.com. Uh, I have Facebook, a couple Facebook pages. Uh, we keep, so if you want to get updated on the blogs, you can, we also have a newsletter, which only goes out once or twice a month, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe two or three times a month, I should say. Uh, so we don't bombard people with stuff cause I don't like being bombarded with stuff. Um, I have an Instagram page, which is just my name. I think Jim Wendler, uh, and, uh, I occasionally do like a open Q and a on there so people can write in. Uh, because, uh, I don't type very well. My answers are very short and direct, which makes me laugh because I, it's as much fun for me as I think it is for people to read. Cause I fucking laugh half the time. It's like someone said, what, what advice would you give to a natural lifter? I'm like, fucking take steroids. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to type out 9,000 things. I got fat thumbs and I, I, you know, I can't, you know, because the questions will come in. There'll be maybe six or 700 questions. I can't. You know, and I always preface shit like, right? Like, just don't ask me to write your fucking workout here. Because yeah. there's, you know, there's entire, you mean to write, you know, 155 pages? <laughs> so, uh, so, so there's, you know, I do stuff like that. And so we got a shit ton of podcasts out. We are having a powerlifting meet that we're hosting now, the NOV meet in Topeka, Kansas. We're doing the Buffalo Bar as uh, the slightly cambered bar. Uh, the standing press, the strict press, and the trap bar deadlift. Uh, we have $7,000 of money given away, uh, which is fucking huge. And uh, we have beer vendors. We have food carts coming. Um, I'm in charge of the music, so there's nothing, uh, nothing going to be horrible playing there. So it's just going <laughs> to be a good, you know, so I think. And then uh, we have a bunch of little uh, – little things here and there, but it's exciting. It's awesome. 7,000 bucks that, you know, for a little meat, uh, is pretty insane. So awesome. When uh, is that? That that's a good question. I want to say that is in July. I'll have to, Hey babe, hold on one second. Hey honey. Oh, my wife left. Yeah. That's all I don't right. know. So, but yeah, you can, we, we have, it's all, we have our own, uh, N N O V. So it looks like November meet it's on Instagram. We can find it on my, my uh, blog and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, you can come and get tickets to watch. We have a shitload of people coming to watch. And uh, so, yeah, it's awesome, man. I'm very excited. Plus it's in Kansas. Uh, I love the Midwest. Uh, That's where I was born and raised. I've lived on both coasts. No, I lived in the South. I lived on the West coast. I've lived in the mountains and, I love the people here. They're good fucking people. Uh, <clears throat> I, you know, I travel all the time. You know, I used to. I don't travel as much as I. And uh, these people will fucking greet you. They'll hold the door open for you. They'll say thank you. They'll look you in the eye. And they, you know, according to the world, they might not be always, you know, 
Harvard graduates, but they're good fucking people. And they're, they're very appreciative of anything you, you do. And, and, uh, you know, even the kids here that work at like the local fast food places, they'll thank you an honest thank you for coming. When was the last time you saw that? Fuck. Not very often. Yeah. And, uh, they're like, well, we really appreciate you coming out here, man. Thanks. Like, all right. Like, you know, you know, you don't own this place, right? <laughs> so, that's cool. Uh, yeah. That's cool. And, yeah. uh, so yeah, it's, <clears throat> there's some good people out here and then you go travel other places and you're like man it's <clears throat> even when they go into columbus which is the nearest big city it's a completely different attitude and uh yeah. that's right i refuse to go to columbus anymore because the um it's just uh let's put it this way i've never been besides on the east coast never been seen such rude people really uh, rude, rude workers yeah and i just got turned off so uh yeah i get treat that. you like they treat you like shit and i'm like man and i and i'm i go out of my way to because i understand being in the service industries fucking sucks because i wouldn't <laughs> want to do it that's the way i look at it. i'm like i wouldn't want to do this job and so i'm terribly polite i never complain about anything uh but holy shit these people so you know columbus kind of lost my uh you know and obviously it's not everyone but what's the point of driving all that way yeah, just, you know, I'd rather just stay home with my wife and my family. So, yeah. I live in Montana in a pretty oh. small community. <laughs> where, where at? I live in Helena. Okay. So the state capital. Yeah, state capital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like you know, like, like so, there's like thirty thousand people here. Um, I lived in L.A. I lived in Las Vegas. I lived in Spokane, and it's completely different. Like here, you know, they're talking about like what you were talking about i mean people holding the door open saying thank you yeah. but like if you go to bozeman bozeman a bunch of californians are coming in now uh and it's nothing wrong with californians but like, yeah there is okay then <laughs> <What? laughs> say it man i'm not obviously i have some great friends that live in california but they'll tell you the same thing it's fucking horseshit you know yeah, you know what like they're just rude people the state, yeah the state of california sent me a tax bill really yeah I wipe my ass with it. I'm not fucking paying you a fuck because you know they, <clears throat> yeah, they can go kiss my ass. Okay, yeah, right. like the people that are moving up in that area, they're fucking rude. They're, it used to be a small ski resort town with Big Sky right up there, right yeah. close by, and now it's just fucking. It's like a mini LA, and I hate going to that town. Yeah, it's it's you know, and it, <clears throat> uh, so that's kind of. Uh, I don't know. That's I. That's the one thing I'm kind of worried about here. It's not going to happen for 30 years or so, but the town right next to us. Now, when I say town next to us, it's probably very much like where you are. You're you're probably more more so where the next town is a big distance away. Yeah, yeah. Bozeman's an hour and a half to two hours. Okay. Well, th this is so Columbus is about uh, 20 miles. Okay, okay. and I. To make a long story short, the next town over to Columbus built up, and then the next one is now building up, and then we're the next one. Gotcha. Okay. And so they're not done building up, but that's where all the new couples are going. That's where all the new houses are being built. So it's only about 20 or 30 years until that gets saturated that people come out here. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm worried because we have nothing but farmlands out here. We got good people. I don't want that fucking stink. And they're already starting to build more houses. And I just, you know, you want to preserve the dignity of a small town with the attitude. 
And as soon as the shitheads come, uh, their voice, you know, there's, think about this. How many people are in the United States? Like 350 million? Yeah. Million. 19 fucking people it took to pull off 9-11. 19 fucking people. It takes a very small amount to fucking ruin everything. Fuck it. And uh, that, you know, that's why I always, you know, like it's only a few percentage. It's like, yeah, 19 people fucking brought it, brought us to war. Yeah. You know, killed thousands of people. And yeah. uh, so it's something to think about. That's why, uh, you know, we'll try and get this on a grassroots level, what we're doing. And then we just become uh, impenetrable. You know, you don't get to be part of it unless you adopt uh, solid, uh, good values of work and dedication. And uh, so anyway, but at the same time, brother, I got to worry about my family first. So as long as my kids are taken care of, (laughs) yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I, it's a shame about Bozeman. I spent two weeks in Glacier National Park. Okay. When I was a kid and I love, you know, it's a little different when you're a kid. Cause you know, when I was 16 years old, and I, I just want to hang out with girls and fucking yeah. lift weights. And uh, I was maybe even younger than that, but you know, still it was fucking beautiful. And uh, my parents always took us places. We, we arrived in a motor home that was rented. Okay. It was, wasn't like we, uh, you know, uh, stayed at the, uh, the greatest hotels or anything like that. So it was awesome. Though. But we, my parents always got us to go places. It was just amazing. You know, the only, it's just, the weather's fucking tough, man. In Montana. Yeah. Oh it, shit. It, it's April and it fucking snowed yesterday. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Are you fucking uh, kidding me? It's fucking April. I had oh. a guy, what's, what is Saskatchewan right above you? Is that right? Uh, for, I, I think so. Yeah, I had a guy pick up a power rack and like a glued ham raise and a bench or something uh, from Saskatchewan and drove through Montana, drove all the way to come pick it up. And I told him, like, if you're going to come pick this shit up, you better have like a flatbed or like a, a U-Haul. He came with just a regular pickup truck. Oh, fuck. So uh, he just put the entire power rack that was our <clears> – <throat> he didn't even break it down. Whoop, your phone's going there. All right, what sorry. The fu- Oh. Anyway, to make a long story short, he drove from old Columbus, Ohio, around there, all the way to Saskatchewan, with a power rack standing up in his fucking truck bed. And uh, yeah, I don't know why. I just have it sent. I fucking you know bite the charge on shipping. Fuck it. Right. <laughs> all right, that's a boring story. All right, I'll let you get going here. I know you got shit to do. No, no, you're fine, man. I know. I uh, I figured that you're a busy man too. I appreciate your time. It's yes, uh, sir. You, um, yeah, right. Yeah, cool, man. Well, thank you again. Uh, did oh, did that microphone ever get in the mail? Nope. No Um, mail. All right. Well, use it, trash it, whatever. I don't know if it's any good or not. The one that I wanted to send, uh, it said it wouldn't fit in your PO box, so I don't really understand that. Yeah, I don't know because it, they would just hold it then. Yeah, that. But then the microphone right below it on Amazon, it got shipped. So. Yeah, I don't know. We'll. Uh, I, it's a fucking small town, so yeah, I don't know. Sure. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, I'll. I'll. We'll send it back to you. No, you get like. It. Yeah. Keep it. Use it. Whatever. Give it to someone. I don't really I'll, care. 
I'll sing some death metal into it. <laughs> right on, man. Well, thank you again. I appreciate your time. Keep you are very it. welcome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Have a great day. Okay, brother. Yeah. yeah, you too, man. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Oops. How do you turn this thing? If you're thinking about all the days you could have raised, picking up sticks that turned under the way. If you don't always get too wet To fret there's another day Guide yourself to this space of amaze I've never seen someone like you And I've never seen the sky so blue If you know what we're talking about Get up on the mountain and shout Yeah.